Praise God. Mayung buntag, precious brothers and sisters. Good morning. Um, isn't God good? You know, praise God. Amen. It's always, I know I say this every time I come here, but it really is my pleasure and honor to worship and lift up the name of Jesus with you guys. Um, you know, just to feel his presence in that way with you guys is such a blessing. And I know God is with you. And there is no greater joy than to know that God is with you, for you. And if he is with you and for you, what can be against you? Amen? Amen. But with that revelation, we also know that if God is with us, i.e. here in our presence, we need to live with a holy, reverent fear and understanding that he is here in our temple, dwelling in this place, and as such deserves the glory, deserves the honor in and through our lives, in our heart, mind, and soul. Amen. So this morning, before I start, I want to pray. And I believe God has a message that will bring not only freedom, but will bear much fruit in our lives as brothers and sisters. Amen. So, in the name of Jesus, we declare you Lord over this morning. We declare that there is power in your name. We declare that there is freedom in your name. We just thank you, Lord, that you are with us today. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, as we sang, let your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory be upon our heart, soul, and mind this morning. We honor you. We worship you. Salamat gino for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Salamat amahan salangit, our Father in heaven. We thank you for sending your Son. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our champion, our Savior our brother, our friend. We worship you. We just pray, Lord, that these words would be living, rima, and alive this morning, Lord God, that it would hit our hearts and our spirit and would bring forth life. We declare, Lord God, your kingdom is here. Righteousness, peace, and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, once again, thank you guys for the privilege and the honor of being here. Today, I want to open um, with, uh, in the book of Psalms. As I was praying for you guys, um, I felt the Lord highlight for me the word unity. And the word unity has so much in it. But when we look at unity the way God has called us to live in unity. There's an outworking and an outflow. The result of living in accordance to how God calls us to live in unity leads to an abundance in life, leads to a peace and a joy that's beyond understanding. And this morning, I want to challenge your heart and ask the Lord, say, God, I come ready to listen. Let your word be like a double-edged sword. You see, when we listen to the Spirit of God, we have to come open, not shut. 
We have to come with an open heart. And that's what I'm talking about today, about our heart attitude. So if you'd read with me in the book of Psalms 133, we're going to read the entire chapter, which is all of three verses. <laughs> Amen. So Psalms 133. And this is where I want to start. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Wow. Do you understand the importance of living in unity, living in harmony? It opens up in this verse. Um, it says here, how wonderful and pleasant when brothers. What is a brother or a sister, right? A brother can be related by blood, right? Amen. You've got your siblings, your family. A brother or a sister can be related by your profession. You work together. You run together. For example, if you're in the army, they call them my brothers, brothers in arms, right? You join together. Or a brother can be related to a commitment. This morning, we probably got all three mixed in there. But the greatest brotherhood and sisterhood we have here is our commitment to Christ, our commitment to our Father in heaven. So therefore, we are related. So when it says how pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony, I'm going to describe the positive side here, the beauty of why we're called to live in harmony. And then I'm going to break down some of the greatest threats that we have to living in harmony and therefore living in freedom. And so I think we've discovered here today that when we're living in a joint commitment, we're, we are brothers. Amen. We're committed to Christ here. Therefore, all of us are sons and daughters of the living God. So you're my brother. You're my sister. And likewise. When we live in a pleasant land, it says it's as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head. The oil was used to ordain and consecrate, right, Aaron for the service that he was called to. It was poured over his head, body, and all to his robe. So that means he was totally consecrated and completely set apart for what God had called him to do. Harmony enables us to be fully immersed in who God has called us to be as a body. When there is disharmony, then there is a disconnect in the body. Do you see what I'm saying here? It's critical for us to live fully the way God intended. Our consecration is like that oil. When brothers live in harmony, 
is as precious as that anointing oil. That anointing oil is a seal, a sign. When it was poured, it poured down his beard onto his robe all the way to the edge. It covered his whole body. You see, I want to challenge us today as brothers and sisters. We can live in partial harmony. Sayang. Because when we live in partial harmony, we only live in partial completion of what God has called you as a body, us as a body to be. You see, when he was consecrated, it was his entire body. And he says here, harmony is as refreshing as the dew that falls from Mount Hermon. And it falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. You see, harmony will pronounce the blessing. It presents the richness of the divine blessings that comes from God. You see, when you live in disharmony, you don't represent God. When you live in harmony, it represents not only our lives being in richness, which comes from the moist fullness. When you talk about dew, it's like the moist, a refreshingness. And it comes from an overflow, a spring, something bigger than you. It talks about mountains. So today, if you find yourself dry and not refreshed, may I challenge you that perhaps you're not living in full harmony with your brothers, stroke sisters, either by blood. This could be your family, your uncle, your aunt, your mother, your father. It could be by commitment or by profession. You've joined together in arms. But yet there is a disharmony. Therefore, there's a disconnect. You see, God wants us to live in abundant moisture. So when you wake up, the dew is in the morning. You don't wake up, dried up at night, and then still dry the next day. Do you notice when you don't live in harmony, you live with your mind constantly racing? What happens? You have no rest. You have no peace. Your heart aches. Sakit. It hurts your mind, your head. Your body starts to break down when there is disharmony, when there is no unity within the body. A blessing is God's life-giving power, right? Guaranteeing His provision and His protection. God's blessing on us guarantees His provision and His protection. Oftentimes we live in disharmony, it leads to fear. Fear that you're going to fail. Fear that you're going, the circumstance is going to swallow you up. God says it is His blessing and protection, not yours. But we need to sort some things out in our life. And when we live in harmony, because what is eternal life? What, it is, what is it to have eternal life? Is to know God, to live in His presence, right? So even life everlasting. Do you know that you can have eternal life right now? In fact, if you're living in Christ, you are living in eternity from today. Regardless of the circumstance and the struggle you're going through. You know why? Because to have eternal life is to know God. Because He is life. It's, there's no two separations. So to live in harmony in the presence of God is to know God, therefore to have everlasting life. 
Now, I can guarantee that this morning, for many of us here maybe, we don't feel like we are living in eternal life. We don't feel like we're living in harmony because there are some things that I feel the Holy Spirit highlight. And one of the key things I want to target today is forgiveness. Forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness is a key factor in living in harmony. And it's a key factor in bringing unity or disunity. And the key to forgiveness is our focus in life. The key to forgiveness is to look beyond the circumstance and to see and to know God. And you may find yourself this morning realizing I'm not looking and seeing God. I'm looking and seeing circumstance, temporal. God has made you for eternity. And the beauty is he's already made us so that we can live in perfect harmony today, regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in. You see, I want to talk about spiritual maturity. To live in perfect harmony, you have to endure. What I mean by that is patient endurance is critical in loving your brother or sister to enable you to forgive and not only set yourself free, because that's the first thing that will happen, but set your brother or sister free also. If you look at um, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, you see, when we live in God's perfect will and plan, regardless of the endurance or, or the circumstance you're going through, you're going to reap a reward. And it can start today in your heart. It says this, Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. God recognizes and sees your faith and endurance or your lack of faith and endurance. It's so easy in life to look at ourselves first. And I want to tell you this, when you look at yourself, you will judge yourself. And then what happens is when then you look at your brother or your sister, you will pass on that judgment onto them. That's why God says, don't look to yourself. Look to me. Look up from whence your help comes from. If you're struggling to love, if you're struggling to faithfully endure the trials of your blood relative, of your commitment relative, or of your workplace relative, whatever situation we're in here in the body, understand that your patient, faithful endurance is evidence of maturity. You see, faith and endurance must go together. You can't separate and say, I just believe, but I won't endure. Endurance is like a muscle. It's much like in any sport or any activity you do, you gotta break through, you gotta push through. If you wanna build big muscles, you gotta push heavy weight. 
There's a resistance, but you push through the pain. How do you do that? By subduing the pain, saying, I'm looking ahead, not right here. I'm looking at the glory set before me, not right here. I'm looking beyond the circumstance I'm in, not right here. I'm looking at what God has done for me. I'm looking at who God has called me to be. I am a forgiver. I am a lover. I am patient. I am kind. Even though your circumstance may say, no, you're not. You're everything but that. But that's a lie. Because when you committed to Christ, Christ says, I and you and you and me. One. You see, God wants us to live and showcase unity. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest weapons that the devil and the world, our flesh will use, is unforgiveness. See, spiritual maturity is what will be the result of what comes through faithful endurance. I want to encourage us today to mature in our faith, in our love towards one another, to walk in perfect harmony. If we then jump here to James chapter 1, my wife and I often joke about, there's often a talk called the faith movement, yes? There's a faith movement. And it's sometimes easier to discuss the faith movement. What do you believe in? What do you see? Let's speak big stuff. Great. But without endurance, without substance, it's just high talk. The endurance element is what starts to bring depth. The endurance element is what starts to bring strength. You see, if you just talk, if you just look at the wrong side of things and you don't walk it out, it creates an imbalance in our walk, which then has a knock-on effect in that how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It starts to break us down because we're not looking to Christ, we're looking to us. And when we look to ourselves, trust me, that's a place where it starts to go downhill. That's why God says, look up. That's why there's no one here better than the other, because we are one family under God. There's no skin tone in heaven. There's no difference in background. There's no rich, there's no poor. There's only knowing God. That is eternal life at its best. And if you know God today, you have everything you need. But the weapons of our warfare start in the spirit and affect our heart. So James chapter 1, I want to I read through this because my key today is to ask you to humble yourself before the Holy Spirit and say, God, am I walking in any form of unforgiveness? Have I misunderstood what it means to be your son or your daughter, to be an example to my brothers and sisters? I want to say this, forgiveness isn't just an action. I actually want to say forgiveness is a lifestyle attitude. Though that's hard, right? Forgiveness is a lifestyle attitude. When you have a lifestyle attitude, it's something that happens more naturally, correct? Like if you have a fitness lifestyle, you're regularly, it's just, you don't think about it. You, you wake up early, you go to the gym, you exercise, 
that the food that you eat, you're automatically, it's part of your lifestyle. It changes the way that you live, right? If you're an athlete, it's a lifestyle of an athlete. So therefore, you do things and you don't do certain things because it fits with the lifestyle. Well, I want to say that forgiveness is a lifestyle attitude. We would do certain things and not do certain things in order to be stamped as a loving, forgiving, set-free individual. You see, when you don't walk in forgiveness, you're trapped by unforgiveness. You yourself are trapped, not the person you're saying, I won't forgive you or I won't love you or I won't look past. Because remember, God is the one that brings your salvation. God is the one that will provide, not you. Let me read this in James chapter 1, uh, one verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When troubles come your way, not if or possibly, but when. So the Bible clearly states you will have trouble. You will have trials. You'll have tribulations. This is where faith and endurance has to kick in. You have faith in your things hope for that you can't see here on earth. Great. But endurance is what brings it to life. Endurance is what God sees and opens up his blessings, his fresh dew. For you know that when faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Isn't that interesting? When your faith is tested, then your endurance has a chance to grow. So when you are tested by your brother, are you choosing to let endurance have a chance to grow? Or are you stopping it in its track? Because suddenly you come to a resistance and your heart goes, whatever. How dare you? Look at me like that. How dare you talk to me like that? And your neck start to do this. The world wants you to live with unforgiveness. Our flesh wants you to live with unforgiveness. Why? Because it's not surrendered to God. It's not committed to allowing God to be Lord over all. If he's not Lord over all, he's not Lord at all. Right? If God doesn't rule every area of your heart, then he isn't really Lord. So will you let endurance grow? Because I tell you what, when we practice this as a lifestyle, patient movement, no longer the faith movement, patient movement takes a lot more effort. It means that I'm consistently thinking and moving as one who wants to patiently endure, to love and to forgive, to see, not my circumstance, you see, how you see things will affect either your weakness or your strength. I want to say this. Strength will focus on what's ahead. A successful athlete can never get to be a successful athlete unless they're looking at the end goal, right? It makes sense. If you want to be a professional dancer or a ballerina, if you stop because your toes are hurting, have you seen that when ballerinas go on their toes and their feet are gnarly and they look so beautiful when they're competing? The pain and trials, if they stop there, they'll never achieve what they're made to do. But strength will rise 
When you look to the Lord, when you look to the angle, that's how you can count it as joy because your faith will give you a chance to work out your endurance. And this is what will come. Then your endurance has a chance to grow. Verse 4. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed. When. So there's a developing. There's a working like a muscle. You will be perfect and complete. Needing nothing. Remember harmony. How pleasant it is. When brothers dwell in unity. Because you will. When you endure. When you push through. And allow faith to allow endurance to come to its full maturity. You will lack for nothing and you will be perfect and complete. Can I have a yes and amen to that? Who wants to lack for nothing this morning? Regardless of when you're going through your troubles. Remember I said even everlasting life. To have everlasting life, you can change it to, to know God. That is what everlasting life is. And if you profess to be a brother or a sister here with our Amahan Salangit, our Father in Heaven, then you know God, then you are living that today. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. Why does He say if you need wisdom? Because when you go through trials, you're going to need wisdom. You're going to need strength to push through. You're going to need to be able to stand and look at your brother or your sister and say, I forgive you because God forgives me. I forgive you because I'm not looking at my weakness. I'm looking at His strength. Not by my might nor by power, but by His Spirit. God lives in me. I'm looking ahead. You see, you will be weakened if you focus on what you're going through. You will be strengthened if you're focusing on where you're going to. Let me say it again. You will be weakened when you focus on what you are going through. But you will be strengthened when you focus on where you are going to. Do you see the difference? And God says, today is a day that I'm bringing this to you. Why? Because I want you to live in a good and pleasant land. But when you ask him, verse 6, right, for wisdom, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. You see, faith is proven through these seasons of patience. Your faith will be proven and made whole. It will be given a chance to grow in your endurance, which means you are maturing. Do you see the difference between a child athlete and an adult athlete. A child athlete, you can see the formations of muscular development for whatever it is they're being in, in, in for. An adult athlete is fully formed, ready for battle, able to take on that which they were made to do. God has made you to run. God has made you to soar. God has made you to be, he said, you are more than a conqueror in Christ. You have been called for such a time as this that you're in. 
There is no plan B. This is God with you right here, right now. He is our one and only plan to know God. So I want to challenge you today. Is your faith and your endurance being wavered by divided loyalty? If your loyalty to God and to yourself is not clearly defined that, hey, I've got to be loyal to God and God alone. Then I'll challenge, I would say this, that your ability to live in unity, in harmony, is at jeopardy, is in danger. Because that lack of loving endurance, faithful endurance to forgive, to love, to patiently wait upon the Lord on circumstances, to trust in God for your tomorrow is affected. Therefore, he cannot open up the fullness of what he has in store for you until we fully submit to his will. See, it says this in verse 8, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And then this is the opposite of what we just read. And they are unstable in everything that they do. When your loyalty is basically divided between love for yourself or love for God, you'll find yourself unstable. Not in some things, but in everything. Even in the good things, there will be an instability. This is called a kingdom principle. To live in unity, to love and to forgive. These are building blocks for your house, for your temple. Verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Patiently endure. Do you see that again? Faithfully endure. Patience. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Verse 17, for whatever is good and is perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. For some of us here, we may be blaming God for some of those things that we're struggling with. You may be saying, well, God, you put me in this. Well, God, you put these feelings in me. Let me go back a verse to verse 13. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. We can get it twisted that it is God that's causing you this pain. Remember what we just read? He is light. He is perfect. He is good. Remember we opened with God is good all the time, right? Well, let's see what that means to you. Do you have faithful endurance to believe that, to see that? Because the second we, we start to believe the lies that the devil says, is God really good? Did God really say? Isn't that what he said in the Garden of Eden? Did God really say? Isn't that a doubt that all of us can struggle with, if you're honest? So let's, let's get it straight, because this will help us to, to, remember what I said, to focus, not on the circumstances, but where you're going to. And where we're going to is to know God, which is to have eternal life. Right? He is our provider. He is all that we need. It says God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires. 
Worship of self. Self-preservation. I'm protecting myself. For some of you here, you may feel, I've been protecting myself. God says, I'm your protector. I'm your provider. I'm your Jehovah Nissi. I'm your banner. I'm your shade in the heat of the sun. I'm your refreshing water. I'm your dew every morning. You see, um, temptation comes for our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. See, anything apart from God's lordship over all will lead to death because there is no gray in the Lord. So today God is saying, I want you to live fully. How pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. But you see, if you look at, this is interesting, if you look at verse 26, because oftentimes what goes first when, when tough times comes? A heart leaves an overflow of our mouth. What we speak starts to change the course of our actions, correct? Think about it. When you're hurt by somebody, what do you want to do first thing? You want to lash out with your tongue. Right? Human nature. That's why I say forgiveness is a lifestyle attitude. Walking in unity is a lifestyle attitude. I want to walk always aware of being a brother that lives in harmony. So I want to make that my lifestyle. That means that I have to faithfully endure, then that means that that's, what, that's the path I will choose. Because if I don't, this is what will come. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. That's a big word, worthless. Our worship and our actions are just like a clanging symbol. Unity requires love, correct? We know the scriptures, you know, the greatest of all these things. You might have all these gifts and talents and abilities, but without love, you're just a noisy piece of hardware. You're just a noisy human. Anybody here know some noisy humans? Be honest, yes. Noisy humans that just speak first and their lifestyle is self-preservation or, or attack. I want us to be aware that we don't show that because the evidence of unity to the world points to God, our Father in heaven. When we love one another, the world stands up and notices. When we endure through hardship and say, hey, why aren't you lashing out with your tongue or your actions when that's happened to you? Either, either to God or to your brother or sister. He said, because I'm not focusing on the circumstance. I'm focusing on where I'm going to. I'm focusing on what I have. And what I have is I know God. And when I know God, I have everything that I need. Regardless of circumstance. And God says, I will give you everything you need for this life. And when you trust me, my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. You can trust me. I want to pour out. My desire is to bless you. My desire is to, for you to know me. And when you know me, you will have eternal life. You will live in righteousness, peace, and joy. But are we faithfully pushing through in our endurance to love one another? 
to forgive one another, to lay down our life for one another. I'm not saying to be abused. I want you to hear this correctly, okay? There's a righteous way to love. Some folks, you may feel like you've been taken advantage of. But you know, take that to the Lord and say, God, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going to endure and not react the way I've been reacting. Today, I choose to make living in harmony by having a loving, forgiving heart, by enduring through these hardships to love better, to be more patient, to be more controlled of my tongue. Because I want your blessing. I want your anointing to cover my whole life. Not just my beard part of my life or my garment or just my Sunday sessions. I want all my life. You see, this is a blessing that's promised to all of us. So today, guys, ask yourself, what or on whom are you focusing on? And what are you doing about it? And if you're focusing on yourself, today is a new day. Say, God. I repent. I come back. And, and for some of us, it may be an even bigger move. You may have to go and seek forgiveness. Chances are you probably have to. But I tell you, when you do that, it's like a covenant seal to your brother or sister. That is love. I submit my heart to you and say, I'm sorry that I thought, I acted, I spoke, whatever it is, ungodly. My lifestyle from today is a lifestyle of harmony and unity because I know that when I live in harmony and unity, then it demands God's pronounced blessing. This obedience opens up God's blessing right here. My obedience to choose a lifestyle of forgiveness and love to prioritize harmony, unity with my brothers and sisters will open up the floodgates of heaven. The world doesn't want us to live like that. We all see it online, right, on social media. Grab yours. Be first. It's your life, your choice. The gospel is the opposite. Lay down your life. Let God's will be done, not yours. You see the opposites? But the world says, Hey, don't let them run you over because they want to try to control it themselves. But God says, I am your provider. I am all that you need. In me is fullness of life. Question is, will you trust me? Will you look to me? Will you honor me in and through this? You see, ultimately, this will be our greatest testimony. You can speak faith or you can walk your enduring faith. In this, in this village, our greatest witness will be in the way that you walk your faith to one another. People are watching. People are looking constantly on social media for an answer to fill the gap. How great would it be when they see God's unity, His harmonious body, loving and forgiving, being known to be a forgiving lifestyle church, a church that loves first, forgives first, is enduring in their faith. 
that says, you can come back like the prodigal son. It's okay. God is with us. It's okay. God loves you more than you could ever understand. Therefore, I will love you more than I can even understand. I will forgive you more than I could even ever dare to dream. You see, that's where anointing comes. When we obey God in our daily walk with our brothers and sisters, that do, that anointing will flow. It's like rivers of living waters. We sang about it this morning. But it comes by knowing God and seeing God and prioritizing a lifestyle of harmonious unity by making forgiveness an attitude, not just a thing to do, but it's your attitude. It's what you're known for. And watch out. See how God would open up the floodgates of heaven for your family, for yourself, for your community for the church, the body of Christ as a whole. So perhaps that's my message for this morning. I don't feel I need to add any more to it.